0: We'd like to thank Montecito Bank and Trust for their generous support in making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney
1: Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next.
0: Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to another episode of Scam Squad, Vicki. Well, Patty, it's always good to be here. It's always great to have you. Before you warn the public about a new scam or the latest thing that's going around in Santa Barbara, I wanted to tell you about someone who tried to scam me. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, remember not too long ago, there was a young lady on who got scammed about a government grant that was a bogus grant, but unfortunately, she didn't know that. Well, this very same scam came to me. It was targeted to me. I was on Facebook Messenger, and my friend's face, actually quite a close friend, popped up. She said, how are you? And I'm like, great, I'll be in Santa Barbara next week. And so we chatted and then she said, I've got some exciting news for you to share. And I'm like, really? But she didn't say what the news was. And I said, I can't wait to hear what it is. Well, the next time I was on Facebook Messenger, because you know how people can tell when you're on there, she Mm -hmm. knew I was on and she popped back up again. She said, did you hear the good news about the new federal government grant offer? I'm reading now off of my phone. But as I really look carefully, it says, do you hear the good about the new federal government grant offer? So this was a professor, was my friend, an adjunct professor. So she probably wouldn't have had that bad grammar. But you never know, on the phone, texting, and people can, can make mistakes. I said, what's up? I'm thinking maybe she's going to have a new grandchild. And she starts telling me, this is a new program for assistance, paying for bills, buying a home, starting their own business, going to school, or even help raising their children with old and retired people before the end of the year. I got $50,000 delivered to me when I apply for the grant. And you do not have to pay it back. You can also apply too. So I was curious because I wanted to share it on Scam Squad. So I said, how? She said, would you also like to apply and check? then she sends me question marks. And here's my answer, Vicki. I think you're really going to like this. I said, interesting. I interviewed someone recently who fell for this very scam on a radio show I host with the Santa Barbara DA called Scam Squad. Would oh, you, my goodness. <laughs> would you like to be our guest? We usually interview people who were scammed, but it would be very interesting to interview the scammer. Are you available at 2 p.m. Pacific time for the interview? <laughs> oh, that is perfect. That is perfect. But she still didn't own up to it, you know, she or he, whoever it was. They said, do you mean I have been scammed? <laughs> <laughs> Good comeback. They have an answer for everything. Uh, these you know, crooks. I just let it go at that point. <laughs> oh, my. But they are just so rampant, these scams, as you know. You to hear about one occasionally, but they're just going on all the time. So please be cautious, everyone.
1: Absolutely, and speaking of rampant scams, I, you know, I, I like to tell our listeners about anything new that I hear going on in Santa Barbara, and there is one that just started operating here, and it is spreading like crazy.
0: It's called the Genetic Testing Scam. Wow, I know genetic testing is very popular these days to find, find out your ancestry. How does this scam work? Well, Patty, the first report I got was from the manager of a senior housing
1: complex. Apparently, someone was going around to the residence and offering genetic testing, telling them that the cost would be covered by Medicare. And what was the purpose of the testing? Well, here's the pitch, and I'm quoting. Many people are getting over-medicated and wrongly medicated, leading to too many avoidable deaths. This testing can be helpful since you will be screened to see which drugs will be helpful to you, which drugs should be avoided, and how drugs might interact in your system. The screening will also help detect cancer
0: and detect if the patient has the cancer gene. Ooh, this does sound like good information for someone to have, but there must be a problem. What would that be? Well, here's the problem. This is the kind of testing that
1: needs to be prescribed by a physician and only to those patients who need this particular kind of screening, and that is not everybody. And how does this testing supposedly happen? Well, the scammers give out genetic testing kits, or if they're on site, they offer to swab the cheek of the victim and then ask the victim for their insurance information. The scammer will then go on to bill Medicare for thousands of dollars of expensive, medically unnecessary information, and they will, of course,
0: collect the proceeds. So you're tricked into giving the scammer your insurance information, too, along with your DNA. Right. Never a
1: good idea. And these scammers also approach seniors on the telephone. They convince the seniors that they need this testing, usually for the purpose of cancer screening. And the scammers will usually ask if anyone in their family
0: has had cancer, which of course would increase their risk of getting cancer. And of course, most of us have had someone in our family somewhere who has had cancer. So once again, the scammers are preying on a person's fear, and that's just really so awful that they do that. I know. So the
1: scammers will send someone a DNA kit and have the victim swab their mouth and send the kit back with their Medicare information. What happens then? Medicare gets billed, and if Medicare pays out, it goes to the scammer, and the victim never hears back from them. So what words of advice do you have for our listeners? A couple of things to remember. First of all, don't give your DNA away to a stranger. If someone approaches you and offers free DNA testing, check with your doctor first. Second, don't become a victim of medical theft. Watch out for folks who promise genetic testing and cancer screening and say that it's covered 100% by Medicare. Actually, Medicare only covers tests that are medically necessary and approved by your doctor. And finally, look for charges on your Medicare summary notice statements for unnecessary tests or screening that you either didn't want or that were not ordered by your doctor. What should someone do
0: if they come across one of these scams?
1: Well, there are actually three places that you can report. So hopefully your listeners have a pen and paper handy. One of the places you can report is the Senior Medicare Patrol. Senior Medicare Patrol. And that number is 855-613-7080. I'll repeat that. 855 613 7080. They can also report to Medicare, and that number is 800 633 4227. The easy way to remember this is 800 Medicare. And finally, these frauds should be reported to the Office of the Inspector General, and that number is 800 So these are a lot of numbers to remember. If you miss one and if you are victimized by this scam, you can always call me and I'll give you these numbers again. And Penny, I also wanted to report some good news, which I'm gonna try and do at the end of each episode of Scam Squad, just so we don't think the crooks are winning and we lose all hope. We had a woman on last week, her name was Sharon, and she got caught up in the overpayment scam and lost $8,000 she got the news last week from her bank right after our show that she was going to be refunded six thousand dollars so you can imagine how happy she was as she should be
0: and i'm so happy for her that it wasn't such a painful pill to swallow two thousand is still a lot but it's a much better than the previous scenario you bet well, thank you, Vicki. I love the idea of sharing a little bit of good news. And I had the good news of stopping the scammer that contacted me in his or her tracks, too. Boy, he sure picked the wrong person when he picked you, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> you were ready for him. <laughs> I was. All right. Well, I look forward to talking next week and hearing about what those scammers are up to in our neighborhood and in Santa Barbara County. Thank you so much, Vicki. Thank you, Patty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to KTMS
1: 990. Welcome, Vicky. What do you have for us today? Hi, Patty. This information comes from two different people, both of whom lost money to this scam. One person
0: was a college student, and another one was a senior citizen. Yeah, we have to remember, it's not just seniors who can be taken in by these con artists, but young people as well. That's right. These crooks are very, very good at what they do. They're really professionals.
1: The first call was from a retired person, a senior. She got a message on her voicemail telling her that her social security number had been compromised in some fashion and that she should definitely return the call. So she just ignored this at first, but the call came again supposedly from a social security agent who identified himself. He gave his badge number. So she answered the phone thinking it was legit And the man on the phone said he was from Social Security, and he told her that her Social Security was in jeopardy because her number, her Social Security number, had been found in a car in Texas along with some drugs, and he also told her there was some blood in the car.
0: Wow, I can see why she'd be alarmed by that. Did he give her any more information about the owner of the car? Any explanation for what might have been going on? No, that's pretty much all he told her. But he indicated
1: that some bad people might have gotten a hold of her social security number and that they might be able to use that number to access her bank account. Ooh,
0: This is one of those red flags you keep telling us about. He was playing on her fears, and I'm sure telling her that she needed to act quickly to protect her money.
1: Well, that's exactly what he did. And he told her that the way to keep her money safe was to quickly take it out of her bank, buy gift cards. In this case, he wanted Google gift cards, and send the cards to him or simply give him the numbers on the back of the cards over the phone. So here we have another red flag telling the victim to buy gift cards. Yes, and again, she needed to hurry. He told her to go right down to the store and get these cards. So she explained to him that she didn't have a car. She used the bus. And Patty, here's where it gets really interesting. The crook told her, don't worry. We will send a cab to pick you up and take
0: you to your bank. That is so creepy. Do you think he might have had someone working with him here in Santa Barbara? Did a cab actually show up? Well, at this
1: point, our victim was thinking things were sounding a bit suspicious, and she started to have some doubts. But a little bit later, she heard a horn honking in front of her home. Now, the vehicle kept honking, so she finally went out to see what it was. And when she got outside, she saw a green van driving away. Some workers who were repairing the street by her home said that this driver had waited for a while, kept honking, and then drove off. So she assumed this was the
0: cab. It's amazing how determined these crooks were to get the money, but thank goodness she didn't get in a van with whoever it was. What happened next? Well, the
1: scammer called her back telling her she'd missed her ride and she admitted that she had missed the van. So he convinced her that she needed to act quickly. She caught a bus. She went to her bank. She took all of her money out. Patty, this was her life savings. And she put it on gift cards and gave the crook
0: the numbers. Wow, that just brings tears to my eyes. That is so sad. What did the scammer tell her he was going to do to keep her money safe?
1: Well, he told her he was going to put it in some kind of a, quote, safe account with the Social Security Administration
0: until all the problems with her account were cleared up. Again, this is just so sad, but it shows you how persuasive these scammers are. Did something similar happen to the college student? Yes. She got a similar phone call from someone claiming
1: to be from Social Security and telling her that her card had been compromised. This person once again claimed to be a Social Security agent and gave her his badge number. He told her that her card had been connected to a number of crimes, and he instructed her to get a pen and a piece of paper and write down all the possible charges that could be brought against her. They included narcotics, money laundering, selling drugs, and other things. He told her that four different government agencies were investigating these crimes and that she could be in serious trouble. He also told her that 25 different bank accounts had been opened in her name. Did anything about this sound suspicious to her? Well, it did, but here's the problem. Her identity had been stolen a couple of years ago, so it made sense to her. That somebody was actually using her social security number. Did she say this to the scammer on the phone? Yes, unfortunately she did. So, of course, they used this against her telling her, yes, that's probably exactly what happened. And the scammer told her that she was going to be charged with all of these crimes and possibly go to jail, but there was another way to handle this situation. And what was that? He told her she could work out a deal with her local police and that they would be calling her soon to explain
0: what that option was. And did she then get a call from what she probably thought was the local police? Well, she got a call from a phone number
1: that was the same as the Santa Barbara Police Department phone number. And we know that scammers can spoof phone calls, so this, of course, is what was happening the person on the phone claimed to be a police officer, and he also told her to write everything down that she needed to do. He told her to go to her bank, take out her money, get Google Pay cards, and either send the cards to the social security agent or read off the numbers. So this was exactly like what happened to our senior. Oh, and did she follow those instructions? Well, unfortunately, she did. And to be sure that she was going to follow these instructions, they kept her on the phone the whole time while she was going to the bank and while she was getting the cards. And they even told her where to go get the cards. So all in all, she was on the phone with these scammers for four hours. And to make matters worse, Patty, she missed some of her classes because they convinced her that this was more important than going to class. Did they tell her what they were going to do with the money? Yes, they said they were going to put it in something they called a safe wallet. Unfortunately, the money they got from her was part of a grant that she
0: had to pay for her college. Oh my goodness, this just keeps getting sadder and sadder. What advice do you have for people who get one of these phone calls? Well,
1: first of all, you have to understand that the Social Security Administration is not going to call you. If there is any problem with your Social Security, they'll send you a letter, And, Patty, to be honest, I can't even think of a situation where this might happen. Your Social Security is very safe. So my advice, as always, if you get one of these calls, just hang up. Do not talk to these folks, however convincing they might sound.
0: You've recommended before that people get caller ID and voicemail, and if you don't recognize the number or the name, don't pick up the phone. People that need to get a hold of you for legitimate reasons will leave a message. That's right. And if one of these scammers
1: does leave a message, don't return the call. And one other thing I want to mention, victims are often so embarrassed and humiliated that they fell for the scam, that they don't want to admit to anybody that it happened. And I always tell them, please don't be embarrassed. These scammers are professional. This is what they do for a living. And a lot of very smart people have been fooled. So it's important to report scams so that the rest of us are aware of what's going on and won't also be fooled. Patty, one more thing I wanted to mention. I just recently got a report from the Federal Trade Commission, and here's the headline. Growing wave of Social Security imposters overtakes IRS scam. We know how prevalent the IRS scam was. Apparently now this Social Security scam
0: is even bigger than the IRS scam. Wow, I thank you so much for telling us about this scam and how devious the scammers can be. And of course, if you're not forewarned, anyone could fall for them. They phony up phone numbers so it looks real. They have badge numbers. And most of us are not that suspicious, but unfortunately, we do need to be in this time. So true. All right. Thanks, Vicki, for another great episode of Scam Squad. We really appreciate you. And would you give people your phone number before you leave? So if they have a scam that they suspect or they're worried they've been scammed, they know how to get a hold of you.
1: Absolutely. And just so you know, your listeners are calling in. So I am getting updates and reports on scams operating in our community. So here's the number, 805-568-2442. And I'll repeat that 805-568-2442. Thanks, Vicki. Until next week,
0: bye-bye now. Thank you, Patty. Bye. Welcome to Scant Squad. We have one of our favorite regular advisors here today, Laurel Sykes, who's the Chief Risk Officer at Montecito Bank and Trust and also
2: Vice President. Welcome, Laurel. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited about what you're going to teach us today. Well, today we thought we'd talk about something that we're seeing in our marketplace quite often as of late, and that's the robocalls. Robocalls. Nothing more annoying, is there? Absolutely. The Federal Trade Commission has been working with the AARP on a, a series of videos about these different imposter scams. One of their most recent is on robocalls, and we'll be talking at the end of the session about uh, where you can go to find more information on our website. Um, but in the meantime, we thought we'd just walk you through what's going on. They're typically calling, and it's, it's an automated phone call telling you to call back a certain phone number. And it takes all kinds of different avenues. Uh, The one that we're seeing a lot of right now is about lowering your interest rates on your loans. And the callback number may be said to be somebody's phone number that may be a, a bank employee that you already know, but it's being rerouted to the fraudster themselves.
0: Oh, really? So it may be a correct phone number that somehow
2: gets rerouted. Correct. And you've probably seen this. If you do have a mobile phone, you're often seeing a local 805 area code coming through on your phone. I don't know about you, but the ones I've been seeing on my phone lately, I think they're 805-450 something. And I actually answered one the other day and I was in the car with mm-hmm. my kids following. suit. they're in the back seat. And I hit answer because it was a local phone number, and instantly I had um, someone speaking Chinese very rapidly (laughs) telling me to do something, and it was one of those automated robocalls. Well, I made the mistake one time of
0: trying to get an insurance quote, and I kid you not, that was about nine months ago, and I still get robocalls and sales calls. I mean, sometimes there's
2: more than 10 a day. It can be quite often, yeah. And if you do have the option, just let it go to voicemail if you don't recognize the phone number because they're doing a lot of it right now. And they could be doing different things aside from them being in a foreign language. They may be speaking in English and claiming to be from a utility or a government agency or a foreign consulate. I've also gotten a couple as of late for paying off my student loans, which I don't have. (laughs) Don't believe them in any case. There are a couple things you can do to limit the exposure. But the first thing, the best thing to do is to hang up on these robocalls. If they're trying to sell you mm-hmm. something and you haven't given your written permission to get calls, then that call is illegal. There's actually a do not call registry where if you sign up on a phone system to not have your phone used in these types of calls, then they're violating the law by calling you in the first place. So there's no need to feel like you're being rude when you hang up on those types of calls. Does that really work, Laurel? It does. There's two times that I can think of that they don't work. Number one is charities are exempt from that type of a registry. It's for commercial phone calls. And fraudsters Mm -hmm. aren't always concerned with what's legal and what's not. So they may be calling you anyway. But it will limit the number of legitimate robocalls that you might be getting through that are actually offering you legitimate services. Well, that's good. The other thing you can do is you consider protecting yourself with technology like a call blocking app on your phone or your device. You can also mm-hmm. ask your phone provider if it has call blocking tools. I'm going to give you a website that you can go to to find out more about this. So the website is ftc.gov forward slash calls in order to do your call blocking and to learn more about how to do that. You know, everybody's asking us, what can I do to get these criminals busted? And there's not always an easy fix. But if you do get robocalls, you can report it at that same website at ftc.gov. Forward slash complaint. And the more the FTC hears from you and gets information about these different types of scams, the better chance they have at going after them and fighting them.
0: That is great advice because I'm really getting tired of it. So I'm definitely going to go there. I'm taking notes.
2: So the website is ftc.gov forward slash calls in order to do your call blocking and to learn more about how to do that. And to report your calls when you get these types of robocalls, you can do ftc.gov forward slash complaint.
0: Good URLs to have on hand. So thank you so much for sharing the good information. And could you give the website at Montecito Bank and Trust so that people can look at your site and look through all the various information
2: you have about avoiding scams? Absolutely. So we're at montecito.bank forward slash security and that will take you to all of our tips and resources and the information that we have on recent scams. Thank you so much, Laurel. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye
0: bye. Welcome, Vicki. What do you have for us today on Scam Squad? Hi, Patty. Well, today
1: I'm going to talk about something that we call business email compromise scams or BEC scams for short. These scams are very prevalent in real estate transactions. It starts when someone hacks into a business email account. So let's say that money for a real estate sale is being held in escrow until all the contingencies are met. The crook has managed to hack into the escrow agent's email and can follow along with what transactions are taking place. So he'll wait, and when the transfer of the money and property is ready, all of a sudden the bank will get an email from the crook posing as the escrow agent, telling the bank to release the money to an account set up by the crook. As soon as the money is released, the crook takes the money and disappears. And this is the really sad part. There is no way to recoup this money. And the poor buyer has lost all his money, and in some cases, his life savings.
0: Oh my goodness, this is unbelievably sad. So it's really the bank that's being scammed as well as the individual. That's right. And
1: the crook's email looks just like the email that the escrow company uses, except for perhaps one tiny little change that you wouldn't notice unless you look closely. For example, if the legitimate email address has the letter I in it, the crook might change the I to a one. Or if the legitimate email has a W in it, the crook might put two V's together, which at first glance might look like a W. Wow,
0: hard to notice unless you're really on the lookout for it. Right. Now
1: here's another example, one that happened here in Santa Barbara. This was a small business, and the bookkeeper for the business got an email from someone that she thought was the company's CEO who happened to be out of town. The crook had hacked into the CEO's account and sent a request to the bookkeeper to pay an outstanding bill. So the bookkeeper followed the instructions, thinking they came from the CEO, since it looked like her email and she wired the money as directed to another account, which unfortunately had been set up by the crook. The bookkeeper only found out later that the message didn't come from the CEO, and of course by that time the transferred money had disappeared. The bank couldn't stop the transaction.
0: What can people do to guard against this scam?
1: You should know that if you hold a position in the company where you often make wire money transfers, you have to be extra careful. So the first thing to do if you get a request to wire money is to carefully check the email address. Compare the address on the wire transfer request to the address that you know to be correct, for example, from the previous correspondence. See if there's any spelling errors. Ask yourself, does the language in the email sound like the client or the person I usually deal with. And be very, very suspicious if there's any attempt to rush you. The last safeguard and the most important, pick up the phone and call the client or the person making the request. Don't use the email address because that's the one that may have been hacked. Use a phone number that you know to be correct. In the end, the client or whoever is requesting the money will thank you for protecting them.
0: Thank you, Vicki. You take care. Thank you, Patty. Okay, Not until it. next time. Bye.
1: Don't you know that it's worth every treasure on earth to be young at heart?